are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm calling on you this morning to do what our church does annually. I'm so very burdened about this revival. I'm burdened about from my own heart. I'm burdened for the preacher that he'll know what to say. I would never advise him what to say. I just pray the Holy Spirit will guide him. It's my prayer that he'd get rest this week. It's my prayer that God would meet with him in a special way. Every church needs revival. Every person needs revival. It's not my brother nor my sister, it's me. I want revival in my heart. I want there to be a renewing of my heart toward God. I want God to point out in my life things that, that maybe are hidden to my eyes. Maybe uh, the Holy Spirit has convicted me and I've said no and I'm just sort of cold toward those things. I'm, I'm praying that today we begin to set the temple for that. I'm asking you to do what our church does every year. Every year... For many years now, we have hired an outside company to come in. That outside company comes into our church on uh, the 1st of uh, July. Our books close on June the 30th. And after several weeks all together getting them ready, we give them to them. They come in and they spend quite a bit of time here. Then they take all of our financial books to their office for months. They study every expenditure. There has to be a receipt for every expenditure. And there has to be a backup that says, then they can interview any church member they want. And they may do it this year again. They can walk to a tent and say, are you a member here? And uh, we don't give them any names. They have the right to just check. And they'll say, do you feel like there might be any fraud going on in this church? Do you feel like anybody's mishandling the money? Do you feel like that we're not being truthful with the people? Do you see it says that someone in leadership might need some money? And they ask those questions. They ask board members. And every year they come in, and boy, at first it was intimidating. This little lady would come in, and she'd sit me down, and she'd ask me questions. And I felt like I was a criminal, and I, I, I've always tried to obey the law 100%. But um, I realize it's what we hire them to do. They do what is called an annual, and you know what it is, an annual audit. An audit is simply an investigation. It's, a, 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 it's an examination. It's an inspection of our books. I would not be part of a church that did not want an outside audit. In addition, especially, I got a letter in the mail this week or two weeks ago. They said, you're one of the mega churches in America. I have no idea what that is about. I have no idea how they figured it out. They told us what number we are in America. A large church. I would not be part of a large church, especially that would not have their books audited by an outside firm. I just, I just believe it's safety for the people of God. I'd like to live and die if the Lord should tarry in his coming. I'd like to live and die and say there is never any misappropriation of the funds as far as we can see through the history of that man's ministry. It's an audit. It's a review. It's a check. It's an investigation. And I'm quite frankly very grateful for it. I want you to do an audit in the last 12 months. COVID has been here now nearly 12 months with us. March 15th, I believe, is the date we will celebrate one year. 
52 weeks. Our governor said, you give us two weeks and shut down and you'll reopen. No church in America's history has ever shut down. But we did like all of the churches because we were concerned for the health and safety of people and we shut down. But two weeks have now almost turned into 52 weeks. And I would like to say just to throw it in to our, our council, to our mayor, to our governor, to our health director, to our various politicians, uh, it's enough. My life is not overcome with COVID people. My life is overcome with people facing depression, discouragement, and uh, abuse. It is, d drugs are up at a high, uh, suicide is higher than ever before. It's almost a regular occurs, occasion where a pastor called, we had a, another suicide, we had a suicide in our church, or a relative committed suicide. Uh, America was not built to keep your face covered. America's face expression from the face, that's another subject. I'm glad you have the face mask on today. And I'm glad people that are vulnerable are staying home. God bless you. It's a right decision. I'm glad that some of you feel safe in the car. That's all right. But I want you to know today, the church needs to reopen her doors. The governor said this past week, there'll be not school this year in California till the fall semester. That is gonna hurt these kids badly. They've already been out a year academically, socially, every area of their life. They're not gonna be normal. We're gonna have to work for years to overcome all that's gonna happen in their lives. It's happening in their lives. It's time to take an audit of how we're doing things here. Not only the health, but it's time as a Christian to take an audit of the last year. Some are doing real well. I have so many men in this church. They have been an inspiration. They have grown in the Bible. They have grown in prayer. They have grown in their faith. So many, so many ladies the same. We have some that I see them coming and it's like tree, rain, rain cloud is coming. I'm thinking, oh boy, I want to be friendly, but I pray they might just keep on moving. Uh, an annual audit of your life and of my life. You have either made spiritual progress and I have either made spiritual progress and we have not. Here's the Jeremiah the prophet and he's talking to these people and he's telling them that judgment is coming because your problem, he said, is found in chapter seven and verse number 24. But they hearkened not nor inclined their ear but walked in the, in the counsels of their, in their imagination and their evil heart. Here it is. They went backward and not forward. They went backward. And as we do an audit of our life today, I cannot answer for you, you cannot answer for me, but in the last 12 months, you've either gone backward or you've gone forward. What is it? It's time to become honest and go under a high level investigation and a search of your life, an examination, let every man examine his own self, and an inspection, where am I one year later? Have I gone backward, or have I gone forward? I'm talking about today spiritually by way of introduction. When you say backward, backward means, and Jeremiah's deal, it's a spiritual decline. I've gone backward. It's a return to bad habits. It is a sliding away, and he repeatedly uses this word backsliding in the book of Jeremiah. 
There'll never be a revival in the church or a life if we continue to backslide away from God. God wants us nearer, still nearer. More about Jesus would I know. He wants us more like the master I would ever be. And so we see backward is to go backwards and to walk away. Has there been a time in your life where you were at a spiritual higher level than you are today? That means if there's a higher moment in your Christian life, we have backslidden. But then he uses the word forward. And forward means to advance. It means to press on. It means to go forward. Have you pressed forward this year? Have you advanced this year? Is there more faith this year? More courage this year? Are you saying, I can look back and there are new heights I'm gaining every day. The more I love him, I love him better every T-A-Y. Every day. Is there forward thinking in your life? Jeremiah deals with that. And he deals with it spiritually. I wonder today, Spiritually, are you walking more humbly before God? Or is it more proud and arrogant, haughty? As the word of God said, these Jews, they kept walking haughty and arrogant and, and, and prideful before a holy God. Spiritually, is there a humble attitude before God? I've been confessing our sin before a holy God. I was preaching a revival in Walkertown, North Carolina many years ago. I would preach on Saturday night and then Sunday all day and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Once a year at the great Gospelite Baptist Church under Dr. Bobby Robertson did it for years, decades. And I was there and one day I was there preaching at a youth conference and he said, he said this in his closing prayer. Oh dear God, and I have it in all these ready rooms and around here and I have it on cards that can see it. Help us to walk humbly before thee. Help us to confess our sins and thirdly, help us to be real in your sight. That's been a model for me for about 25 years now. I want to walk humbly before God. I want to, I want to walk with my sins confessed before God. I want to walk where there's not an arrogancy, but that God is supreme in my life. And we think about this thing spiritually. Are you walking humbly before God? Does the word of God mean more to you this year than it did last year? A pastor texted me early this morning. He said, Brother Treber, I can't choose my pastor. And he said, you've been pleading with us to read the Bible through in one month's time. And just this morning, in the month of January, I finished from Gen Genesis to Revelation. My, what an adventure to read the word of God through in 30 days. I want you to know that man is pressing on to new heights. What are we doing with the word of God? What are we doing with prayer? We're talking about, are you going backward? Are you going forward? Spiritually, where are you? Would you take inventory? Would you grade yourself? I must grade myself spiritually. What am I doing with my prayer life? Do I have a better prayer life this year than I did last year? Is there more holiness in my life this year than there was last year? Are we flunking the test today? Are we going backward? Are we going forward? I think about financially. What have you done the last year? Have we lived above our means? Have we been careless with the money that God puts into our, I'm not asking for more money for the church right now. I'm talking about your own marriage, your own family, your own life. What are you doing with the money that God entrusts to your care? 
Are you budgeting? Are you living in a budget? Are you sacrificing? Are you giving? Are you investing in God's word? Are you investing in people? Are you investing in your family? Are you paying your bills on time? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, no excuses. No excuses. Figure it out. It might mean that, I remember years ago, Dr. Jorgensen was here on our staff, and he said, listen, I doesn't matter, Brother Treber, how much you pay me. And he was teaching us about, about living, and he said, you know, if I don't have enough money to buy a car, I'll have to sell the car, and I'll have to walk to church or take a bike, but money is never the issue. I wish we had lived in such a manner that we'd say, I am not going to waste the money that God placed in my care. Get quiet on that one. I think of financially. I think of academically. Are you backsliding away from your academics? We have many school students here from K-4 all the way up through college. Are you, are you, are you doing less academically? Are you doing just what you have to, to get by? Or do you sit under these men and women and professors at this college like a bird with their mouth wide open say, feed me the word of God, feed me English and history and science and, and mathematics and feed me these subjects I want to learn. I want to be a good student. Are we doing backward? Are we going forward academically? What are you doing financially? What are you doing spiritually? What are you doing with your family? Does your family have more of you this year? Are you going forward more? Is there more family gatherings? Is there more family prayers? Is there more family fellowship? Is there more family devotions in the word of God? Or is there less? Are we backslidden through COVID? We will not experience today or this week or next week or the revival thereafter. We will not experience revival. If we want to go backward, we must go forward. I was singing uh, this past week in my office in your songbook. You don't need to turn there if you have one. Uh, more about Jesus would I know. More of his meekness. More humility. More zeal to labor. More courage to be true. More consecration for work, work he bids me to. I want to do more for God. I do. I want to do more for God today. I'm running out of time in life. And the rapture may come quickly. I, I want to put everything I can. I think of, and I, it's not boasting my wife and I. I'm just talking about. I looked at our financial giving record, and I looked at what God in his goodness and his grace allowed us to do this last year, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to announce it. I'm not ashamed. I look at that, and I realize that we, we gave, and I won't even give you a percentage, but the tithe, oh, that would, that's just a minute little area, like most of you, because I want to do more for God. I want to invest more in God's work. I want to do more for I love my church. I want to do more for buckets and beyond. I want more to happen financially in my life. I want to see people saved. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people get married, live for Christ, and start good Christian home. More about more like the master in my daily prayer. More strength to carry crosses I must bear. More earnest effort to bring his kingdom in. More of his spirit, the wanderer to win. It's page 83. If you go home today and want to look it up, more like the master, I would live and grow. More of his love to others, I would show. More self-denial, like his in Galilee. 
more like the master I long to ever be. Oh, don't you want to be like him? To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. All I ask to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask to be like him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, Philippians 3.10. For to me to live is Christ, Philippians 1.21, and to die is gain. I set my affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. The word of God says, Matthew 6. I'm saying today, what are you doing academically? What are you doing financially? What are you doing with spiritually? What are you doing today personally? Is there more self-denial? Is there more kindness? Is there more devotion to God? Would you please take the audit? Would you, would you examine yourself? Will you investigate yourself? Will you give the account of your own life before a holy God? I'm going backward. I'm going back. I'm going forward. What, what is it? Be pressing on. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. She'll pray and as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Press on. Keep moving. We find today in this text the question, are you going backward? Are you going forward? Jeremiah introduces some way to investigate and do the audit. It begins in verse 1 and 2 with the word of God. Notice what he says. The word that came to Jer Jeremiah. Verse 2, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim this word. Hear the word of the Lord. If you want to know if you're going backward or forward, you do not compare yourself with another. Comparing ourselves with ourselves, we're not wise. But we compare ourselves in light of the word of God. When we come to the point where we always want to debate the Bible, well, you know, it really doesn't say that. I want to err on the side of what we think it says. Not on what I think I say. I want this church, I want this church more than ever, not to, me, uh, to, to mirror an amusement park or not to mirror uh, a, a, a social gospel. I want this church like never before to, to mirror the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his life for this church. It's not a playground. It's not a, it's not a recreation field. This is God's institution, the hope for America. The hope for your life, the hope for my life, the hope for our country. Oh, the church, Jesus gave his life for the church. And so we take the word of God. And how do I, Jack Treber, measure up according to the precious word of God? I see, secondly, not only do we measure ourselves by the word of God, we measure ourselves by the house of God. Look what he says in chapter 7. In verse number two, stand in the gate of the Lord's house. Stand at the, not less of church. I don't think I would know Baptist preachers this way, but I, I see across our country, in these cities where I've been, so many churches will be closed all of 2021. Isn't there a desire to get God's house? The example of God's people here has been so incredible. God's people. You've set an example. You've come last Sunday night when the umbrellas out here, people singing with umbrellas, ushers ushering with umbrellas, sitting in these tents when it's cold and today a very pleasant day. 
but nothing is stopping the people of God to come to the house of God from the very front row all the way back there, that red pickup truck, Brother Telly back there, God bless you. Every Sunday you can count on his vehicle being there. You can count on people being around the corner of the cave and see, but they're at the house of God. If, if, if your love for God's house has waned in 2021, say, I'm kind of liking it this way. We don't have to do as much church as we used to have to do. We don't have to go do this. We, we can stay out of church and stay at home and sit on the couch. Listen, I understand health, but I don't understand health when you can sit in your car. I pray for so many of you. God bless you. I love you dearly. I haven't seen you in weeks and months and almost the entire year. There's something about this property. We are, we are, we are, the Bible says we are standing on holy ground. I can hardly wait to get here. And I have the advantage that you don't have. I can hardly wait to get here every morning. I never have to set an alarm clock. I want to be here. I want to be here on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday throughout the week. I want to be here on Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I feel like that's how God's people are. What Are you measuring up to the church? How can we get out of it? How can we have less church? No, so much the more as you see the day approaching. He's coming again. I don't care who's in the White House as long as God's people are at the church house. I want you to see that as we look at the text today. We measure ourselves by the word of God, verses one and two. We measure ourselves by the house of God, verses two. We measure ourselves by the message of God. Verse three, thus saith the Lord of hosts, amend your ways. Amend your ways, your doings. Trust ye not in lying words. Don't say hypocrisy. The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Oh, I love God's house, but where are you? These people are feigning themselves. I know all over America, most churches, the tithes and offerings are up. And I'm so very grateful for God's people. That's going to stop if we're not careful because people will pay not to come to God's house. But after a while, they'll figure a place to go with their funds and invest it in something else, not just spiritually, but for themselves. I would say today, are you listening to the message of God? If we had time, we'd go the remainder of that chapter toward the end. God spoke to them and they said, we will not obey. Amend your ways, get right with me. You're going backward, amend it. No, 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 I don't need it. I'm not as bad as the person next to me. Number four, we look at God's assessment. Notice what he says in verse 4. Trusting not in lying words, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings. And he begins to list it. And God says, I don't want you to fake this thing. And we get all the way over to verse 24, and I realize that the time has slipped away from us. He said, I, I want you to understand. Verse 24, you hearken not. You didn't listen to me. One, you didn't, did not listen. How difficult it is to have a marriage where perhaps your husband doesn't listen or perhaps your wife doesn't listen. And you try to talk to your mate and it's just no use. And so many of your mates have just given up. Why, why, why say anything? And we clam up. 
and we don't talk to one another. There, there's something that is driving a wedge and a division in that relationship with one another. Isn't the devil very smart in the way he knows how to destroy a marriage? And do you think the devil is very happy about the fact that you have a good home and a good marriage? He's going to war against your marriage. I, I think of how a parent raising a child, and a child needs to just listen to their mother and father. I have so many failures in my life, but for some reason, God put an overwhelming love in my heart for my parents. That when I was their son, before they went home to be with the Lord, I, my whole life I wanted, to, I wanted to obey them. And then when I left home and became a man and married, I wanted to still honor my parents. I look at my parents' picture every day. And even though they've been gone, I, I want to honor the memory of my dad and my mother. I don't know, most preachers think that Perhaps God can pull back Hebrews chapter 12, that curtain in heaven. They can look down and see some good things. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But I wonder if my mother and dad in heaven are watching this today. If God would let them pull back the curtain, I think my dad could see this. I think my mother could see this and rejoice. I wonder if they get to hear their son preach on Sunday morning. I don't know. I don't know all that. But I do know, well, they're gone. I want to honor their name. Some of you have gone backwards. You're, you're, you're so unkind to your dad. You're so unkind to your mother. And God says, I want you to thoroughly amend your ways. I want you to get right with me. And verse number, verse number 24, but they, they, they hearken not. What's it going to take, young man? What's it going to take, young lady? What's it going to take, wife or husband? What is it going to take for you to hearken to God? But, but nor, nor incline their ear. I don't want to hear it. Ah, you Baptist, all you rules and regulations. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I like to say it as Isaiah said, speak, as, uh, as uh, Samuel said, speak, Lord, for thy servant here. Speak to me. Talk to me, God. But they said, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to obey it. But they hardened their neck. They stiffened their neck. Ah, tell you what. Christianity, a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, there are. But we have room for one more. Why don't you come on in and join us? Harden their neck. Ah, my parents want me to live for God. My parents, and it's stiff. But God doesn't want a stiff neck. God wants a soft heart. And then notice what he says. Every imagination in their heart was evil. And here it is. They went backward and not forward. I guess the audit I'm asking you to take today is where are you? I never knew that this was really even true. But there's something called personality regression. If you look it up, you can find information on personality regression. A woman had three children, had a husband, had a wonderful family. But suddenly that husband died, and she was left with teenagers and below. 
In the midst of that, she threw herself into those kids to the point that she really absorbed their life. She became controlling over their lives instead of looking at the fact that she was going to have to raise them to release them one day. And her daughter, she started saying, I want to go to the parties with you girls. And she'd go to the teenage parties. And she was acting funny and goofy, and it was weird. Then she began to dress like a teenager, try to dress young and youthful. They said she had personality regression, and she was going backwards instead of forward. They, they said all of a sudden as they began to walk backward, they realized that about for every, every two, three months, she would go back about a year or more in time. And before long, she slipped backward, and she was 61 years of age, but she began to act like a six-year-old child. Three of our grandchildren are six-year-olds. I got to see two of them this week that are here. I hope I don't act like a six-year-old. I love having them act like a six-year-old. They're just so sweet as can be. One of our six-year-olds, Addison Fenera, was saved this week. And to God be the glory. You know, at 61, you're not supposed to act like you're six. They put, them in a, put her in a sanitarium. And all of a sudden, she began to make fast, aggression, fast uh, regression. And before you know it, she went back to about age four. They say she has acted like about a four-year-old. And then she wanted to have frilly little dresses and play with dolls. As she regressed back, they said, to about a one-year-old and wanted a daily bottle. Personality regression. She began to move from one year of age, and it seemed like she was just talking, baby talking, just trying to act like she could not. And she went back to just rolling over. One day they said she went back further. And she died that day. You know what the problem was in that lady's life? She went backward. Instead of forward. I examined my life a year later from where we were a year ago in that auditorium off to a great start of Acts 2020, our theme for the year, daily and from house to house. Sometimes I look at 2020 and I see I've gone backward. I don't want to go backward. Sometimes discouragement has gripped my heart. And often when I was so low, God would send somebody to give me a text or a word or something. God uses his people. And sometimes when I was going backward, God would put a stop to it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, all the times the Holy Spirit say, don't, don't jack, jack, don't do that. Don't think that way. Don't think it's hopeless. Don't live in fear. Don't be so feeble. 
And there have been moments where I've gone backward. But I can't tell you from my heart, I know there's been much more that I've gone forward for God in the 2020 and 2021. God has pressed me forward so much with new vision, new anticipation, new victory. I don't believe it's over for America. I don't. I refuse to believe it's over for America. I've had people say, I've got to move out of this country. Oh, where do you want to go? Venezuela. I don't see one other country in the world there knocking down the gates to try to get in. It's still a great country. It's a great country because there have been great people. and They've been the house of God, the people of God. There have been people that are singing the praises of God for all these 245 years. And I'm asking you today, will you just do personally an audit? Are you saved? If you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell or don't you know? Are we living for God? Are we going backward? Are we going forward? Are we nicer and kinder to our loved ones and family? Are we mean-spirited and always negative and, and frustrated in life? My question today as we approach this great week of revival beginning next Sunday, and it may come today and just continue to go next week, are you going backward? Or are we going forward? Only you can decide. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.